dzisiaj. Um, but I'd like us to turn in our Bibles to Second um, Timothy. And uh, I was given this really beautiful Bible this morning. Thank you. This is uh, this is my souvenir from this trip. It's the newest edition of the Gdańsk version, right? So, um, so, Second Timothy chapter one. And uh, let's look. Let's read a few verses. I want to read verse eight. And uh, just to say a few things today. Um, and um, you know, I really think God's hand is on this church. And uh, our church, the history of our church, Misiewaski, is very unique and very precious. Um, and our church has gone through many unique experiences in the last 20 years. But we are very happy people. Aren't we? And you know, we, we just love people. We love God. And we love what God is doing in Krakow. And I think it's very important that our world with God does not become so small that we lose our vision of what God is doing in this city and in this country. Um, we are not organizational oriented. We are oriented to Christ. The word of grace and the body of Christ. And you know, of course, our relationships with people may be different. Uh, some people may, we may not have a very deep relationship spiritually with some people and other people we may be. But wherever there is a cross, wherever there is the love of God, and where two or more people are, are meeting in Jesus' name, we can have a measure of fellowship. This church here has a unique calling. And it, it, is, it has a calling... Um, as we know, to preach, teach, make disciples, evangelize, uh, and to and to um, see God move. Um, every church has its own calling. I personally don't have a list in my mind, a blacklist of people's names. You know, like, oh, that person's a bad person. Um, and, and if somebody was to ask me today, uh, do I still trust people? Do I still love people? I, my answer would be, God has given me so much grace that for me to not for me not to be a person that is a gracious person a merciful person would be would be the greatest crime 
in my life. I'm not talking about compromise of truth. But Jesus was the type of person that met people where they were at and, and had a relationship with them as far as he could go. And Jesus, and, and also in 1 Corinthians 13, the love of God always believes the best. And I'm not talking about uh, Jesus loving evil, because he hated evil. But Jesus loved people. People that were very weak and that made a lot of mistakes in their life and messed up. And the mission, of, the mission of the church today is to evangelize and to, and to see God move in people's lives. Um, and uh, just hearing Edward's testimony today really just encouraged me this week. And, and when I came here Monday and I realized that we're going to be here for a few days um, I said God I want to see where your hand is moving I want to see the move of your hand where, how is it moving here and just the time that I've been able to spend with just many of you and hearing your testimonies uh, I have certainly seen the hand of God and that is just a privilege to see that because the church is more than an organization and a brand name then it is a it is a it's a um, it is a mystical it is a mystical um, structure that goes beyond anything that we can try to intellectually understand. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, you know, God's people uh, historically in the Bible have always had very interesting situations in their life. And I think today that many churches portray the perfect Christian the wrong way. They portray a Christian, a perfect Christian, as perfectly moral. Uh, excellent behavioral patterns. Praise the Lord, brother. Praise the Lord, sister. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. You know, like all this. But it's like, it's, it, that, that it's, reality is, if you read the Old Testament carefully, and Hebrews chapter 11, the, the, the hall of fame of the heroes of the faith, you look at a lot of broken people. Right? Of dysfunctional families. Everywhere. Jacob's family. These were sanct these were holy people. These were God's men and women. 
But Jacob's family was Jacob's family was very dysfunctional. David's family was dysfunctional. I mean, if you read and dig a little bit in the history of David's life, read the book of Psalms. You'll find a man that was very often in a state of just uh, conflict and questioning God. But had a revelation of God's goodness and God's grace. Uh, who was the who were the people that were around Jesus all the time? Doctors, scribes, professors, professionals, political leaders. No, no, none of those. Because Jesus for these people was just, uh, he was a, he was, he was uh, too simple. Too controversial. <laughs> you know, too controversial. And today we live in a world where people don't want to be associated with controversial things. You know? Right? We were, we see that all the time. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> How many of you have family members of people that you know that look at you and they're, you're, they're just like, they can't, they don't want to get too close to you because you're a bit too confident, controversial. Yeah. You know? And that's the way Jesus was. Uh, Jesus surrounded himself with publicans and sinners. Uh, uh, Demon-possessed people. <laughs> you know, uh, he healed them. Blinds people. People that were poor. People that had a reputation in the city. The woman that washed his feet with her hair. You know, if people don't read the Bible today and they derive concepts about Jesus and God that are just not actual. Jesus, Jesus was not afraid to be in the company of publicans and sinners. He, wasn't, he was not worried about his reputation. What if people see me with this person? What are they going to think? What are people going to think if they see me in this part of town talking to people? Jesus didn't even worry about that. Because Jesus loved people and he had a way of reaching people because he saw something in people that nobody else really saw. He saw in people a bride. A future bride. And that's what Jesus did. And that's the mystery of the church today. Is that the church is more than just a group of people. It's more than a social club. It's more than a political discussion group. 
It's, it's more than a philosophy, a religious philosophy discussion. But it is a group of people that come together worshiping Christ, hearing the word, and building each other up. I don't think that we realize sometimes how amazing we are. <laughs> you know, I, I don't mean to say that we are proud, that we should be proud, but <laughs> but people are looking for groups of people like you, right? Napsukwat. <laughs> Ed Edward came out of jail and he was looking for people like us. And you all of us came when we came to this church. We're looking for like something like this. Because it's the body of Christ. And this is uh, this is what we read here. Like let's just read this in like in Second Timothy chapter one verse eight. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me of his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Sometimes when we're in a restaurant with a group of people, talking about God or something. And then when we start talking about spiritual things, or God or Jesus, we just kind of lower our voice, you know. You know, because... And that's just a funny example. But it could be that I'm ashamed of being associated with God's people. And Timothy was in this... It had this temptation. Because in 2 Timothy, Paul is in jail. Imagine that. Your pastor, your spiritual father, is in jail. And he's 24-7 chained to a Roman guard. And you come to church on Sunday. Your pastor's not there. And he's in jail. <laughs> a little bit of a... In not a very comfortable situation. You know? And then your family asks you, your wife or your husband or your kids or your family, where are you going? I'm going to church. To that church where that pastor is in jail? Did you read in the newspaper what he did? And God only knows what the media says, you know. And you know, and Timothy could have been ashamed of Paul's chains. He could have. Because and that, that can happen. And then we read here later on about Onesiphorus. Uh, just a few verses down. Okay, and it says this. The Lord give mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, 
He sought me out diligently and found me. Okay, amazing, huh? The Lord grant unto him that he might find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many times he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Here's a man that had nothing to lose. No reputation to keep. He only had wanted one thing. He wanted to be associated and to receive something from the people of God, God's, God's man. Sometimes we... Um, Sometimes we may be in a place where um, we are hesitant to draw near because of what it may mean to our reputation. But Onesiphorus saw something that other people did not. He saw, he saw a treasure. He saw something that other people did not see. He saw an amazing treasure. And this is what Jesus saw when he was on the cross in Hebrews chapter 12. It says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and the contradiction of sinners. Okay, there's a treasure in our church, in this church. And there's a treasure there because there has been a, a, a there's something that's been paid. And um, anybody can find a church today that is fun, popular, great kids program, Lots of interesting things. But sooner or later, that church is going to go through some very painful times. And it will cost something to stay associated with that treasure and that gift. We see this happen in many places in the Bible that God's people have a treasure but, but that treasure comes at a cost I think in our church Miss Iwaski I think, I think in our church Miss Iwaski Greater Grace we have, um, God has just given our church by the grace of God a great message on grace in the finished work. And, and when I lived here in 1988, and I, and I sat here with the team and a, and a small group of people, and we decided on the name of the church, we wanted two things to be communicated in the name of our church. Grace and the mission that we have as a church. We have a mission in Poland, Ukraine, Slovakia, Czech, uh, and Germany, and all around, and Russia. 
And that was what we were thinking when we named the church and wrote the statute for the church. And that's, this is who we are. Because we have an idea in our minds of what, what the treasure is. God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. You don't need to turn there, but just listen to the verse. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. That's amazing. And I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. That's the call of the body of Christ, isn't it? That is our calling. That God will bless us. And that he, will, that he will make us a blessing. And all those that bless you will be blessed. And you know what? Like you may not, we may not think much about ourselves. You may think that we are just common people with a lot of personal problems or things going on in our life. But we have a treasure from God. And when people bless us, they are blessed themselves. And this is what we call the blessing of association, as you've heard this taught before in our church. That if we, if you, sometimes when people come to our church in Philadelphia, I give them a little, I warn them a little bit. I said, we're a church that lives on the edge with God. And so therefore, there's sometimes warfare. Don't, don't be surprised if your life gets complicated when you come into our church or when you start to associate yourselves with us. <laughs> Because if you want a quiet church with no drama, then go to another church. <laughs> you know, and I remember one friend of mine, I told this story this week, but one friend of ours in Baltimore, and he said, he said, he had just come to the church and I was doing some evangelism with him and he, and he said um, and he said yeah you know I've read some interesting things about your church and I, I said well you know I wanted to explain a little bit and he was like no 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 no, no that's good that's a good thing because because that means that there is there there is some activity and there's some Because the Bible tells us that um, that's the way it will be. And we are, not God, we are not perfect people outside of the grace of God. Paul, I mean, uh, Abraham had a blessing in his life. How about Ruth? Ruth understood in Ruth chapter 1 16 to 18 od 16 do 18 she understood that Naomi was bitter not happy and just a sad case but she had something in her life that was the blessing of God Ruth was young beautiful probably a Gentile And she, and she saw in Naomi something. 
an older woman, a, wi a widow, that was very sad. When we look at our fellowship, on the outside, it may not look a lot, but on the inside, we, we have something. And this is the gift that is by the grace of God. And you know something? There's a cost to that. I'm going to close in a couple minutes here. Jesus was a person that was, very, was what we call high invitational person. He was very open. He invited, invited everyone. But as they, as the people got closer to Christ, and and they they had miracles done in their life, they discovered that there's something in Jesus's life, and there was a cross, that there was a future cross, that he's that he's not going to be king of Israel. That he's not bringing the kingdom of God into Israel at that point. That Jesus was not going to be rescuing Israel from the, from the, from the bondage of Rome. But that, that Jesus didn't have a place to live. That he didn't have a place to lay his head. And controversial people were hanging around Jesus. And so for some people, when Jesus said in John chapter 6, 51 through 58, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have no part with me. And that was just too controversial for, for a Jew to hear that. Jesus is, they're, they're, they're thinking, what's cannibalism? What are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, there was a, to, to, really, to really be associated and to know Jesus Christ, there was a price that was going to be paid. And, and it was not a price that was something that was anything that anyone could ever physically pay, but the cost was probably their reputation, eventually. Uh, eventually it would be their, it would be their, um, their uh, relationships. It could also have been their um, many different things in their life, that they would lose their jobs, um, Many of us here in this room, when we got saved, lost things, didn't we? Right? Right? Did you probably, how many, how many feel that they lost something when they got saved and associated themselves with a radical, crazy Protestant church? When I, when I, one person. Oh, many. Okay, yeah, right. When I met my future in-laws, uh, I was like the bad guy, you know. You know, an American Protestant proselytizing missionary, <laughs> heretic from Martin Luther. 
and, a, and I was coming to steal their daughter. You know, and, and when I asked them for my for their daughter's hand in marriage, I said it wrong in Polish. I said I'm, I'm I did, it was not a form of a question, it was a form of a, a, a statement that <laughs> I am taking your daughter's hand in marriage. <laughs> and uh, so her dad, which has a good sense of humor, she said, well, if you insist, what can we do? <laughs> and, and, but you know what? They see the blessing of God in our lives. No, we're not part of a crazy cult. And, uh, and the last couple times I was there, they, they had some interesting questions. You know, like, you know, uh, I'm sure that I'm, I'm not going to talk much longer, but how many of you have been following what's happening in Ukraine? That the president of Ukraine right now the, the, the interim president, is a Baptist pastor. And that was very interesting for my father-in-law, who was... On jest takim mądrym człowiekiem i on jest baptistym, on jest pastorem baptystycznym. Ciekawe. <laughs> for him, he just couldn't like he couldn't figure it out. Like, how could somebody be a Protestant and be smart? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and uh, but you know, there are many amazing people in the Catholic Church. I have to. I, I, uh, there are many amazing people in the Catholic Church, and 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 uh, many people have gotten saved in the Baptist Church. I mean, in the in the Catholic Church. I just want to close with this that. Sooner or later in our life, John chapter 6 is going to come. You know, it's going to come. John chapter 5, first part of John chapter 6, miracles, unlimited amounts of food and fish. You know, what do you do? I'm following this new guy, Jesus. He's like, you know, he is like, it's the new it's the new fad, you know. And 5,000, and it could have been actually more than 5,000, it could have been actually 25,000 people. Because there's only 5,000 men that were fed. And, 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 you know, and everybody gets to eat, and like, wow, you know, Jesus for presidents, you know. And it's like, but you know what, Jesus says, he's like, Unless, look at my life. I have no place to live, no place to sleep, no reputation. And, and people are like, that's too controversial. It, uh, and, and Pastor, Pastor um, Robert said it this morning, the, just like the rich young ruler said, I have too much to lose. And when we were in Budapest, uh, there was 1,400 people at the conference there, and it was the anointing was very powerful. The, the, we had people from China, South America, uh, Russia, Poland, from all over the world, really. And um, and I thought of this. I thought the anointing and the power of God in the room did not come for free. 
But it's here because people here have made very difficult decisions in their life. And they've lost a lot. And they chose to trust God when everything else looked like a disaster. And, and I just want to say that if, if you've made decisions in your life to associate yourself with God's people, with this church, with, with, the, with the gospel of Christ, and if you're paying for that, and you've lost something, then what you have lost is, is, comically, is comical in comparison to what you gain in return. What you lose can never be what you lose at the cross is never can never compare to what you and I can gain what we gain in Christ and, and you know what maybe not everything goes the way we want in our life like maybe I can't do this or I can't do that maybe I can't be this person that I wanted to be but and, and I was just preparing this morning and God really spoke to me. I really believe that this, is, this was God. That, that if we allow God to knit our hearts together in unity in a vision to reach the city, to reach this country, to reach our kids, to reach uh, our neighbors if we allow God to knit our hearts together and lose our, lose our personal rights and our personal opinions you know what's going to happen I really I, I, I'm not a prophet but I think that this will happen but if we do that then and I thought about this whole week this is what this is what God's been speaking to me. If we do this, then we're going to see God move like we saw Him move in Acts chapter 2. Verse 1. That when they were together in one place in unity, waiting, three things one place in unity waiting on God and then it says then the Holy Spirit moved and the, the work of God in a church and in a ministry is very long it's not in four years not three years it could take 20 years 30 years and I think that that I think that, that God still wants to God is still doing a lot here in this city. And, and because we have a room here full today, that, that, just, that just tells me that, that God is on the move. And so, just remember this from this message. The cost cannot be compared to the reward. And that's why Paul said, I count all as dung, as that I might win Christ. All, everything. And what did Paul lose? And guess what? Was Paul popular with the other apostles? No, he wasn't. 
He was too controversial. Oh, he's the guy that was killing Christians. We don't know about him. Did he really get saved? Well, he eats with the Gentiles. He eats with the, he eats with the Gentiles. And, and Paul rebuked Paul. Uh, Paul rebukes Peter in Galatians chapter 1 verses, and, he, and, he, and he confronted him about, about being, uh, being, uh, being a hypocrite with the Judaizers. Anyway, don't worry about, don't, and you know, don't, don't sit and think like, oh, you know what, I'm by myself. And, and, You know, I don't have the opportunities I would have had if I didn't make those decisions. And, and, and now I'm bitter and I don't like these people. And, okay, this time to, I like what Edward said. He said that he said that I experienced a conversion in my life when I forgave. And you know, sometimes God doesn't move in our life until we forgive people. We just gotta say, we just say, gotta say, you know what? I have to deal with this. I gotta forgive people. I live in a world of sinners and 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 people that just make dumb decisions. And And I am part of that human race, me personally. And I have to forgive people and let it go. And then God will give you a new spirit, a new vision, a new joy. And, he, and you will be able to think outside of the box in your life. And so, anyway, I could talk for hours and hours and hours, but I can hear people's stomachs growling. I think they're hungry. And so, um, thanks for thanks for having us um, this afternoon. We go back to Warsaw. We're going to terrorize the church in Warsaw. No, I'm just joking. We're going to we're going to be there with them, and then tomorrow morning we're going to fly to um, Philadelphia. Maybe. Maybe to może. Jeśli Bóg po ukraińsku mówią tak, jeśli Bóg da, jeśli Bóg dasz. Tak samo po polsku, tak? Okay. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, God, for this uh, church. 